Welcome back, everyone. We have a pretty special episode for you today. I'm really excited to dive into this with you. Uh, This is something that Mandy and I were actually talking about together over the phone the last couple days. And Mandy said, we need to make this a podcast episode. So here we are talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of high ticket coaching programs and gathering people, putting teams together, uh, managing expectations, all the good stuff. So Mandy, I don't know if you want to talk about your experience or if you want me to share my experience. I think maybe for the listeners, I'll just share that Mandy currently has both a very large doTERRA team and a high ticket coaching program. I have a growing doTERRA team and I actually closed down my high ticket program. And there's very specific reasons why that we'll get into today. (laughs) And uh, I'm just curious, Mandy, after having grown such a large doTERRA team and, you know, you've been a doTERRA for almost 12 years and now you have, I think, over 200 people in your high ticket coaching program. Let's maybe talk about the good. Let's start there. Let's talk about the good. Okay. We'll get we'll get into the bad and the ugly, which I know you guys are excited to hear from, and we have plenty to stay on. But let's let's just get into the good first. Well, and I'm so glad we're talking about this today because I actually met you through your high ticket program, and that's you know it, it it's a testament to show that we can create amazing relationships with people in high ticket programs, right? Like, and, and I think that it's anybody's, everybody's online. If you're an online marketer, don't we all have a dream to like have this amazing high ticket program where we're bringing in six, seven figures a week. And it just seems like all of a sudden everything's going to be okay. Right? Like everything's fixed in your life. Right? I don't know if you thought that. If it was only that easy, I mean, I I did, I kind of had the expectation that, wow, like I'll be in the big leagues now. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I have a high ticket program that I just really dove into. Um, And the good part about it is it does provide an amazing income. Uh, It's connects you with hungry people. And when I say hungry, I mean, they are people who are really wanting their businesses to grow. And I love working with action-oriented people. It it really brings me energy. It brings me excitement, especially when you choose a high-tech program that you're passionate about. So my program is something I love. Like, I literally could talk keywords, marketing, YouTube, automations all day every day and not get sick of it and it's it like lights me up and so the good part is is a lot of times you can be you'll be the most successful when you when you find a program that you can create that really feeds into your passion and so and that in turn feeds into your energy which feeds into your success which feeds into just really living that higher vibe life so For me, the good has just been really having an audience that is so receptive and that is hungry to learn and that just 
helps me to feel energized. What about you? I, I definitely felt the same way. I mean, you, Mandy, were one of the people in my program that I told you to do something. You didn't take offense to it. You were like, okay, I understand. I got to make these changes. And you made the changes and you didn't fight me on it. Right. I mean, I, I, right. there were things I told you to do that you were like, this is very, very, very outside my comfort zone. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. And I'm like, I know it was my, out of my comfort zone when I, the first time I did it too, but this is what it takes to be successful. And that was the thing you were hungry for success. And it's so much fun to work with those people. And that is the, the thing that keeps you going with your program, right? Yes. Where you yes. are working with people who are coachable, who take your advice, who implement your things, and then see the fruits of that labor. And you're like, yes, that is what I want for you. It's so exactly. fun. And I know, I'm sure there's people you can think of in your program right now that are just like that for you. Yeah. Well, and that is another amazing part about having a high ticket coaching program is seeing the results and the excitement that come when, I mean, there's pressure, right? Like they pay you a lot of money. And and so at least for me, I, I try really hard not to take their success on, but I want them to be successful. Like, and and I have to keep that different, right? I have to keep the desire to help them succeed versus their success in two separate categories because I am not responsible for their success. But when I see them succeed by implementing the things that I teach, uh, it's like the best day ever. It just like makes me so happy. Well, it makes all the stress and the heartache, which we will get into soon, make it all <laughs> totally worth it. I mean, at the end of the day, I want to let's kind of like scroll to the end of the movie because, you know, I closed down my program. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I closed down my program. You still have your program going. And so at this point, if you had to talk to the Mandy that before you even went down this road and tell her you should do this or don't do it, which where would you go with this? Like, what advice would you give that Mandy? That is such a good question. Um, I actually would tell Mandy a couple years back, go all in and don't worry about it. Like, you'll work it all out. And I, I think that the crazy thing is, is creating a high ticket program requires massive action. And for me, it required that I got out of my own way. I got out of my own head thinking, can I do this or not? And I would actually tell myself, get out of your way faster. Um, because really, when you find that niche that is powerful for you, the passion that you love to teach. Um, it's, it's easy to sell, right? Because you love what you're doing, right? And the hard part is keeping your mindset in check, keeping your students to check and, and being able to manage and scale the growth. Probably the hardest thing for me has been able to manage and scale the growth. Um, yeah. And and that and it's that's fun and exciting, right? But when you have a high ticket program and it's doing well, 
uh, that means that you need to grow personally and as a business faster than maybe you were before. Totally. Totally. I, what about I, you? I would say I would echo the same thing for sure. Echo the exact same thing. I would tell the the Roxanne that waited years to launch this. Now, I'll yes. remind you, people were asking me to teach this. And, and my program specifically was on paid advertising, which I had been doing and still do this day for one-on-one clients that pay a lot of money. And we're talking $10,000 a month for managed campaigns on Facebook and YouTube and Google and all the places, right? And I had people ask me, please, can we hire you to just teach us this information? And for me personally, the reason I hesitated is because I felt like I was an imposter. I didn't have enough experience to teach this. And by the time that I did launch my program, I could have easily launched it to at least two years prior. So same right. thing, right? Get out of your own way. Get Let that imposter syndrome go because you know, you know your material. You know, because just like you said, Mandy, if you're teaching on something, you're passionate about it. Yeah. Right? And so it's the same and, thing for me. And the faster you can begin teaching, even if it's not in a program, maybe it's on YouTube, maybe it's on TikTok, maybe it's on Instagram, the faster you can actually start that process. Because for me, my high ticket program didn't just show up one day in my inbox and or in my brain and be like, oh, yeah, you're going to do this, right? Like it, I actually coached for free for a full year, three really close friends who were not in my business. They had nothing to do with it. So um, one was an actor and one, um, I should say is they, one is an actor, one was a therapist. And one had their own business doing something different. Um, it was it was like an online thing as well. So I had three totally different, like one was the brick and mortar. One was like this random, like hire me. And then the other had an online business. And I spent a year giving my best content away to them for free. Like every week we got on calls. And that was, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Roxy. No, that was I didn't before. know. I launched my my high ticket program. And that's really how I curated what I was teaching um, and what I knew really well and what and I found my passion. And the, the crazy thing about that is each one of them started referring people to me for private clients. And I was like, OK, this is not what I want to do. I do not want to like be on the phone all day, every day with 50 people. And that is why I then ended up doing uh, yes. a, a group coaching which is really fun. That is so should we segue? Yes, I was going to say let's let's uh break the ice here. I know everyone's in anticipation of okay, what it we got the good. We get it. Obviously the uh-huh. money's great, all the fun things that come with that. But let's talk about the bad and then the ugly. <laughs> so, we actually have Let's start with you. Okay. What do you think? <laughs> We're going to have to dissect each of these. There's there's actually four things. I had mentioned three to you prior to this call, Mandy, but now that we're kind of talking about it and it's all coming to the surface, there's actually four things that, in my opinion, are the bad and and probably the ugly of being the creator and the host of a high ticket coaching program. And those are, in no particular order, dealing with the sideline quarterbacks 
So we'll talk about that. Dealing with the actual live teaching aspect, and I have some lessons learned on that, and, and I'll explain more of what that means, but essentially the format of teaching Many people are so eager to learn that they interrupt that teaching process and it actually hinders yeah. their learning. The mean girl clicks that <laughs> form from this. <laughs> and then the the fourth one that kind of bubbled to the surface, you actually already mentioned it already, is taking on the burden of the success of your students as if they were paying you as a one-on-one client. And that's yes. a that's one that really held me back and caused major anxiety and stress for me personally. And so I know you've experienced this. I have a lot to say about that. Yeah. And we're <laughs> going to talk about that at the end. Because, <laughs> yes. A lot. Yes. And so as you guys can probably recognize, this episode is going to be a little longer than our usual episode. Yep. But we want to really unpack this for you. Because these are the things that nobody talks about. People do. I mean, I had actually hired. I didn't actually hired someone to help me launch my high ticket program. I paid her $5,000 to help me launch mine. I also had paid $18,000 for a program that was supposed to teach me how to do this whole process. And none of them shared those four things with me. I was completely blindsided. And I didn't even have other people that I could reach out to to ask, how do you do this? How do you handle oh, this? My goodness. I was alone. It was awful. Yeah. I think part of the reason I was alone is because I had such success right out the gate. And the people that were my peers were not having the same success in terms of selling the program. Right. So they were not experiencing these growing pains like I was. So yeah. I went, let's just talk about the sideline quarterbacks. Okay. I know you have some of your one. own sideline quarterbacks. Yeah. And, you, you know, it, the thing is, is we love all of our students, right? And I think that they all want to, first of all, be friends with us. And, um, and that's maybe that plays into the last one we're going to talk about. Um, but it is definitely a challenge when we've got these high ticket programs to deal with these sideline quarterbacks who think that they um, want to really tell us how to run our program. Now, I, I actually take this in two ways. There are those who have really good ideas of how we can improve the program. And every time I open up my doors, I try to, to improve the program. I want to get better. I don't want to just um, tell everybody deal with it and move on. Like I truly want to improve upon what we're building. And so you have that really good uh, critique that comes in. And then you have the naggers who, well, the complainers don't stop. Yeah. I mean, nagging, complaining, same dip, right? And, And unfortunately, it's human nature for us to only focus on that. And it drowns out all the positive feedback and all the success and meaning the success that your students are having and all the great and the good that's happening when you have these such prominent naggers, complainers who are sideline quarterbacking. And I want to be very, I want to define that because some people might not really understand what I mean by that. 
and I'll get I'll equate it to a little story. When I was 18, I actually started working for my mom. My mom owned a company. She owned a staffing company. Very small, small company, right? I think all of us are small business owners, so we can understand that. Yep. And I, as an 18-year-old, was sidelined quarterbacking my mom's business. Okay. What did I know? I mean, I'm 18. <laughs> I've never owned a business in my life. I've never ran a business. This is the first small business I've ever worked for. And here I am. I would come home and I would nag and complain to my boyfriend. She should be doing this. And this is what we should be doing. I don't think she'd be like just sideline quarterback. So that's what I mean by sideline quarterbacking. Somebody who's not in the trenches and truly understanding the full picture, all, all that's going on is now telling you, well, you should be doing it like this and you should be doing it like that. And you should be, no, 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 no. You don't understand every, the bigger picture of all the moving parts behind this. Right. And so that's what I mean. Like, I get it now. I was like, what were you thinking? <laughs> You're giving me anxiety just talking about this. <laughs> just kidding. So like, I'm like getting the feedback in my head and, and I try and think of it as feedback, but I think that you brought up a really great point that a lot of us as business owners fall into. And even not as business owners, maybe as friends, maybe as um, like churchgoers, maybe as uh, like whatever it is, whatever scenario workers, whatever we're in. So often the one person who is nagging or complaining is the folks. So it could be that we have 200 happy people surrounding us yeah, or a thousand happy customers. And the one customer who is texting and calling and nagging, I mean, I see this in my network marketing business all the time, right? That becomes the anxiety and it's a choice. We get to choose it. Are we going to let that anxiety be what drives us or are we going to allow our um, the positive feedback from the happy customers to be what helps us to thrive and survive the process. I personally know that when I focus in on that one negative person, guess what? Everything in my life suddenly becomes harder to do. It's harder for me to do my business. It's harder for me to um, get up in the morning. It's harder for me to eat healthy. Because I am fixated on the complaining. I'm fixated on the things that are that are um, coming at me. Yeah. Instead of realizing not everybody's going to be happy. And I'm not perfect. Yeah. And you can't expect perfection. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay. Like, like who am I to think that I need to be the one that makes everything perfect. Like to me, it's almost like that's that's like flawed, like thinking, right? Yeah, I'm like trying to think of a, a good word because we're we're here to progress. Exactly, and the thing that I've sort of identified with those who kind of fall into the category of the sideline quarterback is usually they have never been in a high ticket coaching program before number one. And they're usually not as, I don't want to say business savvy, but they just haven't been in business long enough to understand 
kind of all the different obstacles you have to overcome, right? Because I, I, I literally think back to that 18-year-old Roxanne who thought she knew what she was talking about. I had no business experience. It was the first small business I ever worked for, right? Sideline quarterback. Same thing. Never been in a coaching it, program. It could also be, because I've seen this in mine, that they have spent a lot of money on a high ticket program and they didn't have success. And that might just be, I'm just putting it out there, that might just be that they spent time complaining instead of taking action. Yeah. It might be that the habit is to find the faults in, and because that's the comfort zone, right? We're all human. And it's that's, that's comfortable. That's easy for us to just put our success on someone else, especially in a high ticket. And I've seen this. If they can blame me, they don't have to take responsibility and do the things that I'm teaching them. Yes. Oh my gosh. And and just for those who are listening, uh, Mandy was privy to those who are the sideline quarterbacks of my program. Yes. (laughs) Which is, you know, you were saying that you didn't have anybody to like kind of walk you through and like prep you and be there for you. I had you and I'm so grateful for that. Like by the time I launched mine, I had not only gone through your program, I had learned so many valuable lessons going through that program, but it was phenomenal. It was amazing to see um, the struggle and the success and to see what a uh, an action-oriented student looks like versus an inaction-oriented student looks like. Right. And... Then there's also, I think, sideline quarterback. Maybe this is a different, you know, type, but the ones that get in and they're like, why is this not working right now? Like, yes. Tomorrow. Oh, you, you know exactly who I just thought of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it, okay. You, you just opened another little can of words. We got to taste this rabbit, right? Okay. There are people who will join your program and who will make every excuse and almost self-sabotage their own success. And then you're the reason that they failed because they, and I take responsibility. I don't think you say almost they do self-sabotage. Yeah. They don't almost self-sabotage. Yes. To me, it is a form of self-sabotage to put your success on someone else. And also, have unrealistic expectations. Yes, yes. The person that I'm thinking of, Mandy, that we both will remain unnamed, uh, I even offered to do their campaign for them as if they were a one on one client. And they didn't, they refused because, and I, I believe it's because they knew then that it would have been successful and there would be no more scapegoat. Yeah. And how many of us are afraid of success on, at some level? I think that that's hard to say, yeah. but maybe that's another episode of letting go of your fears because success isn't as scary as you think it is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think our, our audience understands the scapegoat, our sc- scapegoat, listen to me, the sideline quarterback. Sideline I think they, they, they get that. So that's something to be mindful of. That's part of the bad and ugly. Not, you know, hopefully you've learned from just listening to us. That's something to be mindful and expect. I would say every program has a sideline quarterback, at least one. I, I can't, yeah. I, 
I wouldn't be shocked if there was a high ticket program out there that does not have that. Okay. So then let's tackle the next one that I had brought up. And that was about people interrupting the teaching process. Oh, I okay. I'm the worst with this because I want to answer every question as they come. And, and like, I want, I don't want people to sit in their questions right? Like I want to be able to like provide that answer. And yesterday I was talking with John and he, he spent some time um, leading our congregation and our church for a couple of years. So he was like over the congregation. And he said the, the best advice he was ever given was if somebody reached out to him, don't instantly respond, allow them to sit in that question that there are struggle that they're having so that they have the opportunity to solve, solve it for themselves. And he, you know, he was told it's that much more powerful when they put that time in. And he was telling me this because I was expressing like, I just want to like give all the answers. He's like, Mandy, there is power in allowing them to sit in those questions. Yes. Yes. Well, let's set up the scenario so that our listeners understand exactly what we're talking about. So in this day and age, most training programs and in, in high coaching programs are delivered via Zoom. And so I think we're all, you know, we all understand how Zoom works at this point. So we're on Zoom, right? You're teaching, I'm teaching, you're teaching the program, right? You as in the listener, the, the person doing the coaching program. And you have people watching and listening. And there's those people who post their questions mid-teaching in the comments that if they were patient, the answer will be given to them in like five minutes, 10 minutes, if they just paid attention and listened to the training, right? It's like they they jump ahead. And I gave, Mandy, I gave you the scenario earlier. It, like the vision came to me this morning. This, uh, imagine us taking that Zoom training and putting it into the classroom setting, right? So we're all in person. So you're the teacher, you're at the chalkboard, right? You're writing out, you know, here's today's lesson. Here's the concept. Here's what we're talking about here. You're starting to introduce a concept. And now you have people, you know, raising their hands and essentially interrupting. But I don't understand. But what about this? But doesn't that affect this? But how about this over there? But how about that thing that you talked about 20 weeks ago? Like, and they're just constantly interrupting your, you're never going to get through the training. Or the private messages that are like, hey, I really need this right now. And you're like, I'm literally teaching like as we speak, like I'm like teaching a concept. Yes, I forgot about the private messages because you have that ability on Zoom. I yes, I've gotten them where I'm in the middle of teaching and I'm like deep in the the trenches of the concept that I'm delivering. And then I see, you know, the red, you know, private message pop up and it's literally like a dissertation that's come through. It's so true. It's like a full like 20 paragraph like letter to you. And you're just like, I don't I can't like stop and read this right now. I mean, I can't even like skim it real fast to see like, is this something that I must stop what I'm doing right now to address? I mean, it's like I literally take a screenshot of that because, you know, it goes away. I don't want to find it later. Thinking that that should have been sent to me in an email. What are you doing right now? I love you. It's so true. It's so true. But this is <laughs> but like literally not context. This is not the time to do this. So I mean, I imagine that be like you're teaching 
And they just wrote this little, in, if we go back to the scenario of us in a classroom setting, and they wrote a letter and just walked up to you and handed you the letter in the middle of you teaching. Yeah. And you're like, and they're like, must read right now because it's going to disappear. This letter is going to self-destruct, right? Like, like, it's just not something that we can really do, right? Right? Oh, my goodness. So that, I think that one is more for a lesson learned in terms of setting expectations with your students and, and just teaching yeah, 100%. Them. Well, and maybe let's talk a little bit about teaching live. I really feel like um, right now, high ticket programs are very valuable when when you are teaching in that live setting. So not that you need to have all your content live, right? Like that's right. not what we're saying, right? We're saying offer a live session once a month, once a week, once a quarter, something where you're on and they have access to you live. And so for me, I love our live sessions. They're super fun. Uh, you know, once again, it kind of fuels my soul. It helps me to feel energized. But um, a lot of times what happens is I'm teaching a concept and, you know, people are asking questions about the actual topic and I'm like, oh, pausing. And then like the replay is like horrible to get through. Right. So then I came up with the plan that I'm going to teach the concept, but I'm also going to break it down into five minute, in, uh, you know, intervals where they can just go and if they need this one, they can, you know, go to that video and watch it for five minutes. But, you know, it is definitely a challenge, especially when you're going through and you're answering questions. You're like, oh, okay, here's the answer to this. And then the next question, it's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. This has nothing to do with what we're teaching. <laughs> like, okay. You want me to pivot in the middle of my lesson to that? <laughs> okay, sure. We're going to come back to that one. Yes, yes, yes. All all the above. And I think that's the biggest thing is that the replay, because this is recorded and everyone expects that with the live trainings is, you know, you're having live trainings during business hours because that's when you're running your business. Yeah. And there are people who may have a full-time job who can't come live to those so they're watching the replay. And it's just a horrible replay experience for them because then I have a bad habit of not always reading out the question that I'm answering. And so I'll yeah. say, you know, like, oh, Mandy, yeah, I see your question. Okay, yeah. And then I'll answer it. And the person watching replay is like, what is that answer for? So one of one of the ways that I have um, kind of, and you've done the same thing, figured this out is um, I like when I'm teaching, I like to say, okay, I'm going to be teaching right now. And I'm going to come back and answer questions later. And if we're on Zoom and I'm like going to go through Zoom comments, I tell them, put an emoji in before your question. That's really helpful because then I can like scan through pretty quickly and find, okay, I'm going to go to the top. Everything that has an emoji, we're going to address when we get to the Q&A section. So I don't want our listeners to think that this is like every call this happens because we've learned going through this what needs to happen. And so uh, we both have a process where um, when we open up for Q&As, I have a link that my students can go through to submit their questions. That is so helpful because they're all right there in front of you. You don't have to scroll through Zoom. But if I don't, if I'm like doing a random Zoom, maybe with potential clients or something, and I don't have that set up, um, I ask them to do the emoji. And then on top, the next step is if we're in a webinar form, you can actually on Zoom say, put it in the Q&A section. 
So they're all in one spot. And that's super helpful. But as long as you like set that expectation, like I'm not going to be answering questions until the end. And I remember you did this really well. Um, you can get a cleaner recording. Yeah, but it was definitely a, a lesson I had to learn the hard way. For sure. Me too. Even after I'd been through your years, I was like, oh, I'll just try this. It'll be fine. And and, and really, it almost brings us into another topic, which we're going to get to towards the end. And that is the anxiety that comes from all of these issues. It's like the good, the bad, and the ugly is it doesn't matter how uh, mentally stable and healthy you are, if you're not putting into practice healthy things to manage this, your anxiety is going to go off the charts. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, let's let's definitely come back to that. So we'll continue through the four things. So we've gotten through the first two, the, the sideline quarterbacks, the interruption to the learning process. Let's touch on the mean girl clip. Oh, man. Here we go. Here we go. So, you know, I don't think that people intentionally mean to be mean. I think that that once again, this comes back to wanting success so bad and not knowing how to achieve it that you almost project that on a lot of times your coach and then you allow those feelings to fester and grow until they become mean girl type. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's definitely that. Um, I think it's also a little bit of human nature where we, when you're not moving forward, at least you're not feeling like you're moving forward and at least not the pace maybe you want to move forward, you tend to get into that complaining phase, right? Where we start complaining and we're you know, complaining to our spouse or friends or whatever. And then it just kind of like trickles over into your business. You're complaining yeah. about kind of everything. And we all know complainers love company, right? Yes. And so they kind of recruit other people. And then once one starts complaining, it's like everyone just piles on top. It's again, I, I think it's just kind of our human nature to then, you know, kind of really great distraction, right? Totally, totally. And such a I mean, if hindrance, if we're struggling to succeed, like complaining is the easiest out, right? Like, because it's our way of justifying us not doing what we know we should be doing. Yeah. And we can then put it on someone else. Now, I want to I want to establish a, a, a different like an ex, a distinction between two things. There is a difference between struggling and needing support and complaining. There are many times in my business where I struggle emotionally, mentally, physically, you know, from being so tired, um, even like strategically. And I have to talk that through with somebody. And most of the time that's with a coach, right? That that's with somebody who can help me work through that. Right. There's a difference between struggling and just flat out complaint. And um, you know, uh, thankfully, I have a great husband who, when I complain to him, he'll let me complain for a little bit. And then, like, he's like, okay, what are we going to do to shift this? Are you done yet? Like, <laughs> and he actually, he, he's, he takes it on. He's just like, and I can see the anxiety. And, and 
you know, boiling up in him. And it's a good reminder. Like if that's how he's feeling, hearing it, how am I feeling saying it? Right. You know, what energy am I putting into my business when I'm focusing on complaining versus, yes, I'm struggling. What are the solutions to get through this? Right. Right. Exactly. And I I also want to add to that distinction about, you know, some people might be thinking, well, that sounds like sideline quarterbacks. What I mean is people who are not sharing this feedback with you, who aren't saying, hey, here's how you can do the program better. Here's what it'd be cool to see. No, these are people that are almost behind your back, like the Mean Girls, right? I think about the movie Mean Girls, right? They're they're talking poorly behind your back and you're not aware of it. So I wasn't aware of it until after I shut down my program. And I'm glad because it probably would have made me shut it down even sooner, to be honest with you, because I was just, again, we'll get to the whole mental stability of all this, but... um, the advice I can, it is the advice I can give you about that is the same advice you'd give if you had a teenage daughter in high school, right? You just cannot give those people any energy. You 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 will never stop them, and you just can't give them any of your energy. They don't deserve your energy. Well, and really, like the visual I see is they are trying to pull you down at their level they're you know misery loves company yeah and some people struggle to see other people succeed without sadly right like that struggle is real and 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 if you're struggling to succeed that's a difference than struggling to succeed and not wanting anybody else to succeed right and that's where the complaining comes in and and it can be very hurtful and you know, I think that you do a better job of this than I do. This is something obviously that that I have had to learn over the years. But there was a time in my business, my my doTERRA business, where the complainers shut my business down. And it was a poison. And like, so let's just like talk about that. It's important that you do not allow that poison to spread. If there is a, a, um, a group that is come together a mean girls group like okay I have a moment in my business in my doTERRA business that was heartbreaking I had worked so hard and here's the thing when we start a business from our home we don't know everything right because once again let's like come back to that like we're not perfect We don't have it all figured out. We're figuring it out as we go. And so that means that there are times when maybe we don't do things the right way, right? And there was a time in my doTERRA business where I had achieved the rank of diamond, which is a really great feat. I was getting ready. Um, I was at convention. We were prepping to go to the gala where we're going to walk, you know, and like celebrate this amazing thing. And two people on my team, we went to lunch. I was like, oh, let's go to lunch. It's going to be so great. And they had been mean girling behind my back and sat there and mean girled to my face. And I didn't have the training to get up and walk away at that point. Like I was taking it on. And so if you are taking that on, walk away. Like, oh my gosh, if there's anything you learned from this episode, don't 
buy into that energy. Of course, we want to like change and succeed and like take feedback. Feedback is different than nasty, mean girl complaining. Yep. And telling you all of the things that are wrong with you. Yep. That is that is not anyone's job to tell you all the things that are wrong with you. Maybe to like suggest new ways that you can, you know, make the business better, but it should not be like that. And so this day that was supposed to be this huge celebration, I remember walking home from that lunch. I had given them my power. I had given it to them. And I cried all the way back to my hotel. I got there. John was like, what the? Like, he was so mad. Of course. Because, you know, like the, the protector comes out. And we we put on a happy face and we went and walked his diamonds. And I was devastated. I was totally devastated. And so if you're listening and you've ever been in that, or maybe you're in that situation right now, it's so hard because I remember going through it thinking, I just have to let this go. I have to hand it off to God. I have to like, it's not my problem. The faster you can learn that, the faster you can succeed. Because as soon as I was fine moving on from that, guess what? I picked my business back up. We rebuilt and it was amazing. But I allowed that poison to continue to fester for too long. You have to cut it off, especially in a high ticket program. It has to stop. If you hear about it, it has to stop. Period. End of story. That means they either get kicked out of the group. Yeah. You have a conversation with them. You get crystal clear. We are not allowing this type of behavior. You paid to be here. I've delivered. If like you can either stop or be done. Absolutely. I mean, that was that is literally what I was going to say, Mandy, is that if you are dealing with this in a high ticket coaching program that you're managing right now, you have every right to kick that person out. You don't have. It's just like having a one on one client. You can excuse clients. You can excuse people from your your program, I would recommend making sure you have a, a, a solid contract that everybody signs in the beginning that allows you to do this without any issues, meaning you don't have to refund any money. You don't like they basically breach the contract and now they are being asked to leave. And if I had been aware of the people who were mean girling in my program, that is exactly what I would have done with those individuals. And and you don't need the abuse. And that's exactly oh. what it is. Let's just call it what it is. There's a difference between feedback and abuse. Yep. And none of us would ever want you to stay in a relationship where you keep showing up with physical bruises on your body, right? If there are emotional bruises happening, cut it out of your business. Yeah. That is not healthy. It cannot stay. It has to go. And sometimes we hold on to that. Like we get stuck in these emotionally damaging relationships because we think that's all like we need this person you do not need that person it's not worth any amount of money the damage that they can do to you I know because I for the story I just told you affected me for a good two years like can you imagine where I would be right now if I if I wouldn't have bought into that story release it let it go It does not have to be part of who you are or what your business is. And, you know, that thankfully that taught me for my high ticket coaching program. That taught me so much. 
because by the time I opened my doors, you know, I remember uh, just the last through my last uh, boot camp, not this one, but the one before uh, I got on a coaching call with an, a coach and I was like, OK, I think that there's groups popping up and they're talking. And he was like, it's time to get clear again. Set the expectations right. What is allowed? What is not? And anything that's going on outside of that, they can get kicked out if it gets, if, you know, it gets out of hand. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Am I too passionate about this? <laughs> no, they're like, this is good. I mean, people need to hear this. This is the bad and the ugly that nobody talks about. Yeah. I was blindsided by the, I, I mean, I remember when, I mean, remember you, we talked about it, Mandy. I remember when it happened to yeah. me, I literally was like transported back to high school. Yes. Which is so crazy. I'm like, I thought we were like, we're adult people here. Like we're, yeah. we've been out of high school for a very long time. We probably could have gotten through high school like at least six or seven times over. Like what are we right. doing right now? It's so true. It's so true. So I, I, I love the passion. I think it's really important for people to not be blindsided. I mean, especially whether you're planning on releasing a high ticket coaching program or you're building a team of of clients maybe you have a subscription program you know any time you are gathering a group of people and there is an expectation from you this is something to be mindful of because again just like the sideline quarterbacks that's to be expected i think it's to be expected that you will have mean girl clicks popping up that you have to squash and this is part of managing your program, managing your subscription, managing your membership, managing your team, right? This is all about that and making sure people understand that you, I always said, I have a zero tolerance policy. I do not tolerate this type of stuff. And I think the reason that me, Roxanne, was not aware of the me girl click that was behind the scenes is because it never to surface because people knew I did not tolerate that. Right. And so therefore it was well, very quiet. Yeah. And, and, and you are very straight up. And I think that the more, and I, I love that about doing business with you. I think that it's taught me so many amazing lessons to, to realize that I can be a nurturing, loving mother. And I can also be very stern in my business. It's like, I don't have to be a nurturing, loving mother in my business to all my clients. Like, right. there needs to be a differentiation, right? Like, right. I'm in business. And I think that's, you know, when we start a business from home, sometimes that's a struggle, right? We, we think we need to run our business like we run our household. And as we were sitting here talking, I'm, I'm like trying to pull up my script that I created about expectations. And I didn't find it yet, but um, I, 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 I want before we move on, I just want to give a few tips of advice on how to set expectations. That's because good. I know for me, I, I would ask that, like, what do I need to say and do? And so you need to get clear about what you're providing. And then what is allowed and not allowed, not allowed. Like, for instance, in my high ticket program, it's a group coaching program. And in that group, group coaching program, I teach a system um, that has like, and the way that I teach it, it, it's better if you follow it, right? Like step one, <laughs> step two, step three, and you're not like jumping all over the, the plate. 
and we have group coaching calls. So when they first come in, I always say, if you want to learn my system, don't jump into other groups and start talking about what everybody else is doing right now. Give it some time. Learn my system before you start asking everybody else in the group what they're doing with their system. Because they're they're then going to be like, oh, well, here's what I'm doing. And now you're going to twirl and I'm going to start doing that. And then you're going to come back to me a month later and say, well, I didn't get that done because I was doing this. And so now can you help me with this? And like, it just like the expectation is show up to my classes, finish them, and then you can squirrel all you want. But allow me the time to teach you in the group that we've established before you you peel off into other groups. Yes. Okay. So you just made me think of something else I think we need to address. And that is you will have people who join your high ticket co- coaching program join your membership program, subscription program, join your team and expect you to do it all for them. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm dealing with this this week. I'm like literally this. It, 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 you can be, and, and here's the other thing too. Just like Mimi said, setting expectations, you can be as crystal clear with your expectations and people will still only hear what they want to hear. And so it's a mat. And I always I tell my team, we are, have to be broken records about the, the expectations because people only remember 20 percent of what you say. And then there's other people who are only hearing it every now and then or sometimes this is the first time they're hearing it. But that that right there, that's probably a whole nother episode that we should dive into the that people yeah. Come, even joining your, you know, network marketing team, thinking that you are going to build their business. Yes. Joining your high ticket coaching program, thinking that they just hired you one on one. Yeah. It, it's, it's like two two a.m. in the morning. Like, why have you not contacted? I just literally, I opened my computer today, and I got a message from somebody middle of the night last night that was like here's what I need. When can you get back to me? Like demanding things from me. And I'm like, okay, first of all, let's set the expectation. If you need to communicate with me, do it via email, not during my, not through my personal profile on Facebook, because that like one kind of business owner runs their business through their personal profile on Facebook. Sure. Maybe on my business profile, because then it like goes into my CRM. Right. But like, Okay, so that's number one. And at, like the other thing is setting that expectation that like clarity, you bought a group coaching program. If you were to hire me full time, like to create everything, the cost, like mm-hmm. way more than what you paid to do the group coaching. Oh, yeah. Way more. Absolutely. And, and that's so that's just something to be mindful of. You know, if you're thinking yeah. about starting your own group coaching program, a high ticket coaching program, I'm, I mean, if you're listening to this, you have that desire and or you're building a membership subscription program and or you're building a team, maybe in a network marketing company. These are things we're sharing with you guys, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Those are things that nobody talks about that Mandy and I were blindsided by. I mean, it was like, yes. okay, time to figure this one out, right? <laughs> well, it. And it kind of leads into our next, I mean, we keep talking about like the anxiety, the mental wellness. Yeah. Are we ready to go there? Well, I want to, let's just wrap it up first with 
taking on the success for people. And I think that ties really well in the expectation that people think we're going to do it for them, do the work for them. And, and that really ties to our desire to truly help them be successful, right? Any person that joins me, whether in my uh, membership, you know, software membership program, or in my high ticket program that I shut down, or on my doTERRA team, I mean, I truly desire success for them. And I really, really want to help them. But I have to also taper that with they have to do the work. Yes. I can't do it for They have to show up. They have to show up. And I've started to change the language that I use with anyone new, especially joining my doTERRA business, that, you know, I have someone right now who was messaging me last night. I'm so excited. I love that you're going to help me build a business. That was the, the wording that she used. And I said, I make because I was explained to her because she was upset that I didn't get back to her as quickly as she thought I should. And I explained to her that I run more than one business and that I make myself available to those who are actively building their business. I make myself available to those people, meaning I will, you know, if it's in between a Zoom call that I'm hosting or at the end of the day before I go to bed. Or on the weekends, I will make myself available to them. But I was setting the expectation that if you, when you join my my doTERRA team and you don't do the work, you are not going to be able to demand my time. Right? And and And, yeah, do you have something to say about that? Well, just like, yes, I have so much to say about this because (laughs) this is a trap we fall into thinking that we need to show up all the time to keep people engaged. Yes. And that's not the case. I'll tell you some of my greatest growth in my in the program I was in with you was the weekend. Like I couldn't get any answers. And it's because I had to go back to that. I had to sit in the question and I curate my process. And by Monday, all of a sudden, the answers came to me. And guess what? I was able to feel more empowered that way. And and really, that's what we should think of it as. Um, when you open a high-ticket coaching program, if you allow them to figure things out, you are actually empowering them better than just jumping in and solving the issue for them. I love this reframe. I love this. This is a good, a good thought for parenting as well. You've got to allow them to like work out their things. Allow the struggle. The struggle is where the growth comes. Yes, yes. And in fact, we do that at Social Fox. You know, people will, and that's my my membership subscription program, people will post in our Facebook group and we have it where we have to approve every post. And we will purposely let questions sit for a day or two knowing that there are resources readily available that will answer that question for them that we're hoping by the answer not being or excuse me, the question not being answered right away, that they will go seek out the answer that's right there for them. There's power in that. Yeah, there really is power in that. But I think that let's talk about the mental load. When you take on driving the success for all your people, that takes a mental toll on you personally. And it that, I will say for me, I struggle with that 
that was my number one struggle. That was my what did number you tell one. me yesterday? You said that you were talking to a, a guy who was coaching you, and and he said the care like oh the, yes 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 okay okay so you're gonna love, love him for this. I love him for this. Um, he told me, Roxanne, control your care. And I'm like, what do, what do you, like, what does that mean? Right? Okay, can you explain further? He's like, control your care. You care so much. It's causing you literal stress and mental fatigue. And he's like, I'm not saying don't care. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying control the care. Control where you place your care. Meaning if somebody is not showing up to do the work, if somebody's complaining, if someone's self-sabotaging, if somebody's just... It's, it's like clear you cannot help them you have to control how much you care about that situation and this is not to say that you let people fall by the wayside that is not what I'm saying here what I'm saying is that you only have so much mental space and and care to give around really I look at it as like currency like I only have so much care to give that if I'm giving it to someone that's not reinvesting it and multiplying it I have to take that currency and put it somewhere else that's actually being reinvested and multiplying. And when I fully understood that, it literally changed the way I ran my business. I mean, all the we are sharing so many valuable lessons in this episode. I really hope that you've been taking notes. And this might even be one of those episodes that you re-listen to because there's so much value. We are literally sharing years of experience here, things that we had to learn the hard way. Things that, that, like, if I had known this before I got into any of that I'm doing today, it would have catapulted my success so much further and saved such mental stress and, and, and the resulted in physical stress, right? I mean, all the things. And so I think this is a really good transition for us, Mandy, that. I will just share for for everyone listening. When I launched my high ticket program, I didn't know how to control my care. So I cared about the success of every single one. I think it was also a little wrapped up in that imposter syndrome where if they aren't successful, then I'm a failure. And so I took on that mental stress of making sure every single person that was at least showing up to my calls was I was like, they're going to be successful whether they want to or not, right? <laughs> We're making this happen. Right? But that's not realistic. And what it led to for me personally is it turned into massive anxiety where I'm having panic attacks that then led into massive depression to the point where I'm literally bawling my eyes out from the depression 20 minutes before I have to get on and teach a class on a zoo. I mean, talk about mental fatigue. I don't even know how I did. Like looking back, I don't know how I did that, Mandy. I really don't. I know. It's kind of crazy. And I was in your program watching you show up every week for 52 weeks. It was incredible. And, you know, just speaking to that, um, taking on the success of our students as if it's our own 
is probably the most unhealthy thing you can do. Absolutely. Including in your network marketing business. Because if you are taking, if you're taking on every person and do your, does your product heal them? Does your product fix them? Does your, um, like all of those things, are they being as successful as you want them to be as, as a business owner? The answer is no. You're never going to get 100% results. And I don't know why we trick ourselves into thinking that we're better than the greatest professionals on the planet without putting in the work, right? Like I look at an NBA star like Kobe Bryant, for instance. He got up. He he, he didn't party at night. He would get up at like four, three, I think 3.30 in the morning. And you know why he would do that? Because he... He knew that he would get more time in than all the other guys. He was putting, he was like caring that he was more successful. So he put more time in, right? Yeah. And here we are, we show up to these businesses and we're doing them part time and we're thinking we need to be a hundred percent. He didn't even shoot a hundred percent and he was working his tail off, right? Like same thing with like professional baseball players. They don't bat a hundred. They don't get 10 out of 10. And they keep showing up. Yeah. And so often we put the success of not just ourselves, but everybody else on our shoulders and, and like expect to not have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Can we just manage our own expectations here? Like that is unrealistic. And it is not our job. It is not your job in a high ticket coaching program to ensure the success of anyone, even when you're paying $25,000, dollars $100,000 to get in and talk, you know, spend a couple of days with these amazing coaches. Right. They are not guaranteeing that those two days are going to fix your business. Right. They're just teaching you the skills that you need to implement into your business to ensure longevity of your business. If yeah. you'll just rinse and repeat every single day, right? And just keep trying, test, 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 try, try, try. What is working? What is not? Reevaluate and do it all over. Well, it really co- goes. What it boils down to is, what does it mean to be a business owner? And and I know we're gonna have a whole episode on that because we have many thoughts yep. on that. And but if you know all these lessons and all these things boil down to you know, a couple of thoughts that popped in my head when you were talking about that, Mandy, is we think we should have success immediately. Right? I mean, you and I have both joined our own fair share of high ticket coaching programs, let alone running our own. And I never once expected that the first week of joining that program that I was going to see the results that someone had been who had been in there for a year had. And yet... Yeah, people are, but there's people who are doing that. And it, it just, it's a little mind boggling, but I think what it, it comes down to is what does it mean to be a business owner? And in, in especially when it comes to your expectations, because here's the thing, we latch on to that one success story, that one person who joined the program and had success immediately. But what you don't yep. see behind the scenes is that was a 10 year immediate you know they say it's like a overnight year overnight success in the making right yeah and and they right. they were just missing that one link that they got from that program implemented it and bam had that success 
But if you didn't have, if you did not come to that program with the same set of everything that person had, you can't expect that. And that's really the 1%, right? And so I think we're definitely going to do an episode talking about business ownership and mindset and and all that good stuff. But can I just like, yeah, can I just like put one more thing in about anxiety and running these high ticket program coaching programs? So just as a background, I'm not someone who has struggled with massive anxiety in my life. It's it's just not been something that I've been plagued with. Um, And I started my coaching program and have developed some anxiety and panic attacks. And as I've talked through this with like John, my husband, and you, Roxanne, and a few other people, um, I have really diagnosed what causes that. And it's everything we're talking about in today's program. I not managing expectations, allowing myself to put the success of others on my shoulders. Like what we've talked about today are the things that we've learned that you probably like if you're going to do a high ticket coaching program, get crystal clear about these things before you do them so that you can do it in a very healthy way. Now, of course, when I go back and and tell myself not to do it till I'd figure that out. No, because I've learned along the way and I feel like I'm much stronger. My capability, my capacity has expanded greatly. And actually learning this lesson has been so valuable, to me, right? Because uh, as, as I feel that anxiety hit, I have learned I have to put safeguards into practice. Because if if I just let it go, you know, crazy, I don't address it, I don't come up with good habits um that's truly when you're like you fall to pieces and and really that's not what we want we're striving to hit that next level we're striving to up level to create something that uh first of all brings in a great residual income uh, along with a monthly income right something that gives us freedom and doesn't take it away so for me personally I actually have a sauna right outside the door of my office here. And I can text my husband and say, feeling a little anxious. He instantly turns it on. So by the time I get off, I have a warm sauna to, to step into. And and I also have other things. So we've created a plan. And I guess that's what I want to finish with is create a self-care plan. We talked about caring too much about the success of others. I want you to care too much about you. If you can care too much about you and and put you in in the right state of mind, your reach can be millions, billions of people. Yeah. If you don't put those into practice, it will shut you down and you'll end up. I mean, I don't know about you, Roxanne. I have ended up crying, curled up in a ball, feeling like a shell of myself. Where has Mandy gone? Where is she? Come back. Like and and that is because I wasn't taking care of myself in a way that I needed to. And so as long as you've set up that self-care and maybe we do an episode on self-care and making a joy list and figuring out what are those things, um, it will make all the difference in your high ticket coaching program and your business, your, your network marketing business. Absolutely. Yes. I think this was such a powerful episode. I hope you listening feel the same way and really take to heart if you can tell, we are very passionate about business. We're very passionate about helping people. 
But then sometimes that kind of bites you the butt a little bit. And we shared about that, what that looks like on today's episode. But we hope that this was a blessing to you. And thank you so much for being here. Um, If you can go to our podcast and give us a review, let us know what you think. And we'll, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.